cue fake podcast music. I was gonna do like a um like a <laughs> like a dance beat like. Hello and welcome to Michigan Another Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. All right, Jen, what do you have today? What do you have today, Jenny? I have the murder of Martha. An I think it's a new with it's A G N E W, but I think A-G-N-E-W. I don't think it's Agnew. Okay, it could be Agnew. Okay, I'm with whatever you say. Yeah. Um, she was found dead in her bed. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. In Ypsilanti. Okay, I looked up the other day, and I might do a couple more articles since Logan got me going on the family annihilators, but, um... (laughs) Did I wish you know who could see you? That how delighted I am. Yeah, and like Sorry. your hand gestures how are heavy. so great. How heavy. Like, me and Logan with the family like Nylers. Mm. Although he did um, suggest another article I'm definitely going to work on. I don't want to give it away yet. But so, you know, matricide is when you kill your mom, patricide is when you kill your dad. But when you kill a close family member that is neither a parent, neither your parents, or it could be like a group of family members, it's parasite. And I'm going to talk about a dude who does Parasite. Why? Why those? Why do they call it those names? Well, Matra is for mom and Patra is for dad. I don't don't know what para means. Oh, para maybe means around. Huh. Okay. Oh, para means uh, abnormal in the medical sense. Anyway, this guy tries 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 to kill his family and not just his parents. And then I have a review of a Denny's in Grand Rapids that's pretty funny. Oh, you got to love Denny's. <laughs> you can't say no to Denny's. You know what is funny is I do. Mm-hmm. I order my lunch on DoorDash now. That's what I heard. Um, uh, Laura was telling me it's no longer, they no longer have delivery. Some of the places no longer have delivery. They use DoorDash. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and so I've been looking at Denny's. But there's something about Denny's. You can only go to Denny's when you're drunk. Agreed. And yeah. it has to be somewhere around midnight latest. Yeah. Or earliest, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a teenager, back in the late 80s, early 90s, we used to get drunk and then try to sober up at Denny's. Or we would meet our friends and smoke a lot of cigarettes, you know, drink, a, you know, my friends would drink coffee. I didn't drink coffee at the time. I mean, I do now, but, but you know, I'd eat like fries and drink a lemonade and we would just smoke more cigarettes than any teenager should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> So do you want to go first today? Yeah, it's up to you. Okay. Let me go first because mine is actually not Michigan, and we'll have you do a Michigan, and then I'll have a Michigan review. Ten for you, buddy. I'm ready. Ten for Are you ready to hear about a parasitical guy? Yeah. Parasitical. Ever since uh, you told me. I might use that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be at work. I'm like, I'm parasitical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I'll write down matricides for you. Kill your mom. Patricide is where you kill your dad. Parasite is where you kill a close relative, a close relative, and that can include a parent. So if you kill like your mom, your brother, and your son, that's parasite. Okay. Okay. So on July 9th, nineteen eighty-five, and I've been doing that. I've got some. St- I've been. Oh wow! I've done a lot. The last two murders, I think I've looked up, were in the eighties. Apparently, the eighties were a dangerous time. Yeah. Um, in July 9th, nineteen eighty-five, Stephen Benson committed parasite. When he attempted to kill three members of his family, his mom and two siblings, and he succeeds with two of them in killing two of the three of the people he tries to kill. So, Stephen Wayne Benson was born July 26, 1951, 
to a tobacco heiress, and her name was Margaret Hitchcock Benson, and I guess everybody kept thinking that she was part of the Benson and Hedges um, tobacco family, but I guess her she's a separate family altogether, but they're like an old-school tobacco-rich family. Okay. So, um, she has a husband named Edward, and she also has a daughter named Carolyn. So, I couldn't find the year that it happened, but I can tell you by 1980, Edward had died of lung cancer. And later, Margaret adopted a young boy named Scott. And during the criminal trial, it was revealed that, so this is during the trial, it's revealed that Scott was actually Carol Lynn's biological son being raised by her mother, Margaret, as if it were Margaret's son. Oh, Molly, okay. Yeah, so Margaret's raising Carol Lynn's child as if it's her own. So the family was financially well off and they're living in an upscale uh, area of Florida. Maybe one day we should just do crazy Florida man stories. There's tons of crazy <laughs> mess in so Florida. Many. Yes. On uh, July 9th, 1985, Margaret was 63, Carolyn was 41, and Scott was 21 years old. That morning, the family got ready to leave the house to go and scout a spot for Margaret to build her dream house. So I guess she wanted to like update this house that she was living in, and the HOA was like, no, we have rules. And then she's like, all right, fuck it. I'll just build my another house that I want. It's my dream house. So first, Stephen's like, I need to take the, they have a Chevrolet Suburban. Uh, first, I need to go to the stop and go and get some um, some coffee and some sweets. And his family's like, okay. And, but then he leaves and he's gone for over an hour. And so they're like, okay, asshole. <laughs> That's a long time to get sweets, right? So later, Stephen said he took so long because he met with a business associate. And I wrote, side note. He can't recall that person's name. Oh, of course not. Yeah, I sat and talked to someone for an hour, but I don't recall what their name is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, while they're getting in the car, Stephen directs each family member where they should sit in the Suburban. So, he puts his mom and his, I put brother-nephew, um, Scott, in the front with Scott driving. So, he's like, Scott, why don't you drive? Mom, why don't you get up? In front with Scott. Hey, Carolyn, why don't you sit behind Mom? So, yeah, he's, like, basically directing them where to sit. It's weird. Yeah. So as the family got into the car, Stephen gets out of the car to go get something from the house. So Stephen told the police that he needed to go back and get a tape measure. That's what he was doing. And between 9.17 and 9.20 a.m., um, the vehicle explodes due to a pipe bomb being placed underneath the front of the vehicle. And this is while he is walking toward the house and his family members so are says, hey i gotta go back in the house yeah he starts to walk away yeah. the car explodes yeah he's like you here you sit here you sit here you sit here i'm gonna be right back <laughs> <laughs> Boom. if you ever tell me to sit behind yeah. the driver's I'll seat i'll be right back i'm not doing it get out of the car <laughs> <laughs> so the initial discharge blew margaret and scott out of the suburban killing them it blew them out of the vehicle. That's how strong the blast was. There was a um, there was explosive in the front, and Carolyn actually still has her car door open. She was thrown free of the vehicle. So believe it or not, so they get they die when they're blown out of the vehicle. But because she has her door open, it actually like throws her severely burned and wounded into the grass. It throws her across the lawn. So she suffered severe burns, but she survives the bomb because the door is open. As Carolyn lay on the grass screaming for help, she testifies that at first Stephen stood on the house steps with his back to the car, just standing there with his back to the car as this horrific bomb has exploded. I mean, it's this humongous noise. 
he's all of 10 to 15 steps from the car. There's no way he missed it, but he refuses to turn around. He's just standing there with his back to Carolyn. Well, maybe yeah. he's traumatized and he knows that that was horrible situation okay. and he didn't want to see. It could be. So golfers from the nearby course came to the family's assistance when there was a second blast from another bomb underneath the vehicle that was farther back. The first bomb was toward the front by the engine and the middle one is farther oh, back. Oh, so he jacked it up. Yeah, they have a huge suburban. Yeah, and it did, they didn't go off at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the golfers testified that Stephen did not try to assist his family, but instead he sat down on the steps and began crying and oh, he began rocking back and forth. They said he looked like he was in shock. Well, I bet he was like, holy shit, that was a big blast, and it didn't quite work. Because now Carolyn's <laughs> yelling at me to turn around, and why don't I help her? Because she's screaming like, help me, help me, and he just won't turn around. And by the, the golfers show up from a nearby golf course. By the time the golfers show up, he's sitting down and just rocking back and forth. Still looking, now he's looking at his, straight at his sister, not helping her still. He never assists her in any way. Everybody else is dead. Okay. Yeah. So the trial had some really intense media coverage. And Carolyn's testimony was live broadcasted on television. So, like, even before the OJ trial, there were, like, live television broadcasts of court trials. She spoke about her brother watching her actively burn because her clothes caught on fire when she was thrown from the car. She's burning, actively burning, and he at first won't turn around and then turns and just looks at her and won't assist. So she's talking about she's actively burning and, you know, her clothes and skin are on fire and he never comes to help her. And she claims that he never even tried, that he either stood with his back to them or when he did finally turn around, it was just to do nothing. So prosecutors claim that Stephen killed his family in order to inherit the family money, which was estimated to be around $10 million. And it's, this is $10 million in 1985. So worth more than now. He also feared that he would be disinherited after he again misappropriated, on my air quote, misappropriated <laughs> a large sum of money his mother had her lawyer looking into. So once again, he basically embezzles from his mom, and she has her lawyer look into it. It was testified that Stephen had embezzled over $2.5 from his mother's accounts. Carolyn also testified that her mother, Margaret, was contemplating removing Stephen as a COO from one of her companies, as well as... Removing her from her will. Him from her will. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's real fucking pissed at this point, the mom is. And she's like, I'm really pissed. Boom, she blows up. So Stephen's handprints were found on receipts for pipes, like the kind used in the bomb. Stephen's lawyers tried to argue that the bomb could have been the work of Stephen's enemies. Stephen had a drug problem. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott's enemies. Scott's enemies. The young, the young man that was 21, Carolyn's son. Um, uh, Scott had a drug problem. Oh, okay. He had a drug problem. And he was living a, quote, fast-track life. I don't know what that means. I, I think know. that's a, like lots of... Fast and loose. Drugs whores, and, yeah. Women. Yeah, okay. Alcohol. So, Scott was addicted to nitrous oxide. I'm like, is that even real? Because I did whippets in college. Can you get addicted to that? I think so. One of the golfers... Sure, you know you can get addicted to anything, actually. Um, one of the golfers that came to assist said that he did, one of the golfers said, oh, I did hear him call for help, like, somebody help. But, Stephen, you're in front of a mansion. Why don't you go inside the mansion and use the telephone to, I don't know, I'd say call He's for help. He's traumatized right now. Give the man a break. I'm giving you my dirty looks. <laughs> <laughs> so, on August 7, 1985, Stephen Benson was found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder, one count of attempted murder, one count of arson, one count of arson resulting in injury, and two counts of building and discharging an explosive weapon. 
He was spared the death penalty and was given life in prison instead. Stephen took his appeals to the Supreme Court, but no success. In prison, Stephen was once attacked and stabbed by another uh, prisoner, and at a different time he was found with a knife in his possession. But at that point, he needs a knife. I mean, somebody already stabbed you. You need to be, you know, to have the ability to stab back. Yeah. So after spending 30 years in jail, Stephen died while part of Jackson, Florida's penal system on July 3rd, 2015. And I wrote, okay, I found it interesting that he committed his crime when he was about to turn 34, and then he spent 30 years in prison. That was almost half his life. That, like, blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. He never admitted his guilt. All right. What you got? What do I have? The murder of Martha Agnew. So, on February 17, 2018, Martha was found dead in her bed in Ypsilanti. Martha was in the middle of a divorce to her husband, Gregory. Not surprising. Mm -hmm. They were currently splitting their time at the home they owned together. So, sometimes she would stay there, sometimes he would stay there. Wow. It's very odd. No, I almost said something like that with my ex-husband. Really? Actually, he would get drunk and not come home, and so I would stay home those days. And sometimes he'd come, and I'm like, I'll leave. (laughs) Uh, She had blunt force trauma to her head. She had been strangled. And it was also found that she had not only fentanyl, but heroin in her system. Ooh, wow. Wait, no, was was she an addict? Yes. It Well, some did say that she... Did drink and do drugs. Okay. Okay. The police had believed her death was staged to look like, you know, it was an overdose. Yeah. So they they thought it was staged. Okay. Her husband said she was an alcoholic and a user of cocaine. He went on to describe her as a person who, you know, once you start, you can't seem to stop. Okay. You know? Okay. So, pretty much, she's a big drug and alcohol person. Okay. Is what her husband's saying. Okay. During the trial, Gregory's attorney called multiple witnesses who did testify that they witnessed Martha's drinking and drug use. Okay. There was also a person in Martha's family that was called... And confirmed that she did, had seen her use cocaine before. Okay. So that kind of made his story sound true. We know it's bullshit though, right? (laughs) It's not always the husband. You haven't even got to the end yet. It's the husband. And also his attorney talked about how you know, there was drug use that, that night before, and obviously there was a fight. It went wrong, and okay, she died. Wow. So that's the story that they're trying to say. Okay. At the home, there was blood found on Martha's um, bathtub, and they argued that... It got there because she she had this fight over the drugs with this person, unknown person she oh. was partying with. Unidentified. And then <laughs> took a shower and then went to her bed and died. Oh. Yeah. That's how the blood was there. Please tell me it didn't. Please tell me that didn't work. <laughs> the prosecutor argued he wanted to keep 
that Gregory wanted to keep the house in the divorce. Okay. And he used his key to enter the home. He injected Martha with the drugs. Okay. And during that period, the prosecutor believed she woke up, then the fight ensued. Okay. And then later on, he, you know, Gregory leaves, uh-huh. but he comes back and he tries to stage the scene and make it look like... Okay, the drug overdose scenario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. An interesting fact on Gregory is that 26 years before Martha died, uh-huh. mysteriously his girlfriend vanished, Tammy Niver. Okay. And she's never been found. So, missing girlfriend and... He's looking really good for this, you know, yeah, right? Right. His DNA was found on the shoes that had walked through Martha's blood. The syringe had his DNA. And also underneath her fingernails had his DNA. Ooh. So, it's a hard... That's a hard thing to look past. Yeah. You know, but it is his house. Okay. So, his DNA is everywhere. True. Now, how it would be under her fingernails... You know, they had a a person testify that, you know, she could have picked that up by touching something. What? But, yeah. So, that, but it's a hard thing. Like, your DNA is everywhere. Okay. I give it, yeah. On these things that killed her. Okay. They, uh, it's not looking good. So, I didn't, um, and also when you, like, read through the trial. Uh-huh. It is actually less focused on Martha and more on Tammy, his ex-girlfriend, 26 years ago. Oh, they're vanished. trying to make it, like, if he could do this to Tammy, he could do this to Martha. Yeah, it was, it was. Ah. Uh, yeah. So is he not guilty yet? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. So Gregory, he's mm-hmm. age 51. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty on September 6th of 2019. Okay. Um, a first-degree murder, and his sentencing is the 26th of September. Wow. Okay. Yeah, mine was more of a cold case. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gave me this one. It was real. But I couldn't believe Oh, is that the one I gave you? This is the one you oh. gave me. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. Hear, I didn't. I tried not to read it in any yeah. way. I yeah. just, I think it, the case with Martha, mm-hmm. I think that was enough to convict him. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how, you know, they spent so much time on this Tammy. I think they're trying to provide doubt. Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, oh, well, if, you're, if you're thinking, if you're thinking he might not have done this to Martha, just know that he might have done this to Tammy too. Yeah, twenty six years ago, he had a girlfriend. She up and vanished. Yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I tried to find information on her. Okay, I'm still looking. Okay, I mean, right now all I could find, and I went back pages you know, she, in Google. Did she go into? Is she missing from Michigan? I would assume so. I don't know, though. I'm okay. assuming he's from Michigan. Okay. Now, I was like, I was wondering if there's one place you can go. All right, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave us on a happy note. I have a um, Grand Rapids Denny's review. Okay. And the first line kind of speaks to your soul. <laughs> it says, "If you're hungry at 2 a.m., you want a bite to eat." And you don't have a problem waiting an hour to get your food from an absolutely terrible wait staff, then I've got a restaurant for you. (laughs) (laughs) This steaming pile of shit they call a legitimate business is one, if not the most absolute worst restaurant I've ever been to, period. 
To begin with, I ordered a cup of coffee, and from this glass it says picture shown, but you can see a glass that has a lipstick stain on it. That was clearly in need of some cleaning. And by the time I saw the waiter again, the coffee had already gone ice cold. And keep in mind, this restaurant was almost barren of customers and had at least two waiters on staff at the time. The smeared red lipstick on my glass must not have been the first time this happened with the coffee that day, either, according to the waiter. All the while hearing the cook and staff fumble over what item they cooked and why was it that color? which sounds about as appetizing as you would imagine. I was like, yeah, I guess if you heard a cook like, is it supposed to be that color? I'd be a little fucked up, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh, shortly after which, we finally got our meals. Now, to my surprise, the meal was not bad, but I was so in shock by the lack of confidence from the staff, all I could muster up to order was chicken strips. And let's be honest, it takes an absolute moron to fuck up chicken strips. <laughs> Even at two in the morning, My party's order, however, looked undercooked and unappetizing, but at this point, even mediocre food couldn't salvage this disaster. In hindsight, McDonald's or Taco Bell would have been better, would have been the better option for late night dining. Pros, I'm pretty sure the wait staff is unaware that they work at a restaurant. Cons, they do. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn. Uh, I just want you to know that Ryan N. was mad, and that was me reducing his entire act. Yes. So to be nice, here's a positive one. Okay. St. Denny's. Grand Rapids Denny's. Lisa M. also reduced. So this Denny's is seriously one of my favorite restaurants in town. I've had great service every time. The food is great every time. This sounds crazy. You don't think I... You don't... It says, I don't... You don't think I'd Denny's, but I think... (laughs) I don't think you'd see Denny's as a steak restaurant, but they have consistently fantastic sirloin steaks. It's no $50 filet, but heck, but it's a heck of a lot, sorry, <laughs> but it's a heck of a lot better <laughs> than a lot of 20 to $30 steaks I've had. Everything I've had there has been better than adequate. It's really good. I can't speak for every Denny's, but this one's great. The waitstaff's great. The environment is friendly. A plus. Wow. I feel like... Lisa M. sits on the throne of lies and maybe works there? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Or got paid for that. Like Denny's, great steak. Yeah, no. You know what? It makes me tomorrow want to order it. I'm going to order Denny's. I'm going to order sirloin steak from freaking Denny's. Do like a small video and send it to me so I can see it happen. Maybe we'll post it. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, we're going to see this. Okay, so you've been listening to Michigan Other Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. And connect with us at michiganothermayhem.com to join the conversation. Oh, wait. We also have apparel items, coffee cups and stuff with our logo on Teespring. Yep. T like the letter. Spring like the, um, I was about to say, <laughs> spring like the fall, but I meant to say spring like the season. <laughs> but I, I had a dumbass moment. My brain just stuttered. <laughs> but yeah the link's on our website the link is on our website thanks Jen You're so welcome. join the conversation listen to the podcast get the link for Teespring access the show notes find site links or correct us when necessary rate subscribe to our podcast on iTunes Google Play Anchor and YouTube bye bye now